0: Hi, everyone. This is Shake from ShakeTheCosmos.com. Have you wondered what is product management? How can you break into product management? Well, my guest today shares her own story and also provides practical tips for people who want to make a switch into product management. Has somebody told you that you don't have the experience for product management? Well, take a listen to see how you can overcome some of those challenges when applying for new jobs or switching careers. Hi everyone. This is a B Shake from ShakeTheCosmos.com, and I've got here the guest today is Vishali Methel. How are you, Vishali?
1: Good. How's it going?
0: Good, good. Um, thanks for meeting and making the time. Can you tell our viewers, maybe thirty seconds or less, a little bit about what you do?
1: Yeah. So um, I'm a biomedical engineer, which kind of transitioned and went into product uh, management slash marketing. So um, I was always interested in medical devices, and that was my passion. So I did biomedical engineering and, you know, eventually wanted to be a cardiologist like most other Indian people. Um, But I decided that um, I enjoyed talking to customers and being more customer-centric, so I switched into product management. Wow.
0: I I know a lot of people who want to make that transition from engineering to other places, but... Um, I think I can relate to that doctor analogy on the Indian <laughs> side as well. Yeah. Um, so, what is product management? I mean, let's just jump into it. For you you've been in the trenches. What is it?
1: Well, um, it really varies from industry to industry. So for so I can speak to the medical device industry. So for medical devices, product management is really understanding what a customer needs and. A lot of the times customers aren't going to tell you what they need. Um, It's actually going to be focused more on, oh, I want this to be a little bit more blue or black or they'll give you the solution to the problem, but you really have to dig deeper and figure out what is the problem that they're trying to solve. So as a product manager, you're trying to understand what customers aren't telling you. So it's really more of a problem solving type of role.
0: Is that hard? I mean, uh, how do you get the customer to talk to you? (laughs)
1: Um, you just kind of ask them questions, (laughs) but really you observe, um, you really don't even need them to talk to you if you have a product in mind or if you're trying to really observe and do more of like a clinical needs finding type of situation. Um, I think you can probably relate to this in terms of like understanding people and being more intuitive. A lot of what people don't tell you is in their nonverbal contact. Um, so if you observe and are really intuitive in that perspective, that's how you get them to talk to you.
0: Wow. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. So um, now I'm kind of trying to put myself, uh, what is a typical day like to as a product manager?
1: Uh, varies. It can be where you're creating a business model to pitch your product to your internal teams. It's visiting customers. It's being at conferences. It's... Um, really just sitting down and looking at all of your data. Um, If you've collected a lot of analysis, then figuring out how to pitch that to your internal um, engineering teams or sitting with engineering and um, outlining or mapping out or whiteboarding a product. it really just varies in what your uh, customer need is for that day. And you really have a lot of customers being a product manager. Your customers are your actual customers, so physicians for me, um, your engineering teams, your regulatory, clinical um, management teams. Oh,
0: so you're looking at like cu- almost customers, internal and external. You, As a product
1: ad- manager, yeah. Your oh, customers are literally everybody. <laughs> you, you are the <laughs> diplomatic uh, person okay. in the company.
0: All right, so there's, there's people that want to break into product management, and um, how can they do that? Um, let's say somebody's an engineer. you um, How can, how can they, people get into it?
1: Yeah, it um, really depends on the relationships you have within your company and then your overall network. Like, so, do you have a
0: story you could share yeah. with us?
1: Yeah, so I was a biomedical engineer, and I didn't really know if... Being the head of engineering, for example, was my dream job. Um, I wasn't convinced that that was my dream job, so I sought after other roles within the company and really helped develop those relationships so that people could tell me what other um, functions were. And that's really how I discovered product management. Um, I started working on a small project for the, you know, head of product at the time at Philips. And um, the small project was really related to engineering, but then also to product management because it was figuring out how we compete and have the competitive intel for something that is um, directly related to our business. What did you
0: have to do to get that type of role position, like with the head of product
1: I walked down the hall and introduced myself and said, hi, I'm Vishali. I'm a new engineer. Um, Can you tell me about your life story? Can you tell me about how you got into product management? I mean, obviously doing the research beforehand and LinkedIn and everything, but um, really just started sparking relationships. And I think you specifically are really good at that too.
0: Thanks, yeah. I mean, right back at you too, I think about you, I think about genuine curiosity kind of. So that helps, I guess, internally make that transition. So that's that's interesting, but like nitty and gritty, so what if they're looking outside their company? Um, so
1: I have a friend, um, she was a, you know, staff software engineer right out of college um, at a startup, and you would think that at a startup it's really easy to change roles and like be jack-of-all-trades within your company, um, but she really just wasn't being given the opportunity to get the title of a product manager. So eventually she decided, you know, product management was what she wanted to do. Um, So she quit her job and took this like Stanford course online for product management and just literally through pure perseverance and grit started applying to only product management jobs. Um, and she would only take those product management interviews, even though she knew she could get a higher salary or a higher role, um, being a software engineer. But she was like, no, this is what I want to do. What are, what are
0: some things, let's say she was now being interviewed by these companies. Um, and she, she's now sitting across from a hiring manager, what are the two, three things that they might be Well, they're always for?
1: asking, like, you know, why do you want to go into product? And, you know, what examples do you have of managing key stakeholder um, requirements? What examples do you have of being able to be customer-facing? Um, what examples do you have of... Being able to understand what a customer is needing or saying without them actually directly saying it. Hmm. How do you manage timelines? How do you manage fifteen different products going on at the same time but then needing to move all of them all like along in the timelines? How do you manage timelines versus costs?
0: so how do like people i'm I'm gonna make this up and yeah I'm not an engineer engineer so like Let's say somebody doesn't have those skills of being timelines and costs and business model. How can somebody learn that and answer those questions? Sounds like kind of put in a bad spot if you don't have the experience.
1: I mean, when you got your first job, I'm pretty sure you didn't have the experience for that either, right?
0: That is, that is a catch-22. You're so right. Like every time I've tried to get a new job, they're like, oh, we don't you have don't the have experience. experience.
1: <laughs> but I think, I mean, there's a few routes that I always suggest to people. You can always go get an MBA. Um, because that will help you the get, that will help get you the general management experience because you learn financial modeling and marketing and everything. I mean, you can speak to that more than I can actually.
0: I I remember, I think MBA definitely got me seat at the table Mm -hmm. and like, I remember being at the, in the meeting and be like, well, who's going to do the business model? And then the B shake. So, yeah, yeah, that's actually, I can resonate with that. Yeah, so I
1: think getting an MBA is definitely a more traditional route. Um, You would definitely have a lot more doors open to you, and it's much easier. Uh, But, I don't know, you correct me if I'm wrong, but if you are in the industry you want to be in, you're in the location you want to be in, you're in the rough salary area that you want to be in, 200 grand is a lot to drop to (laughs) switch roles. So I think there's a cost benefit analysis. Um, I'm sure for my friend, if she hadn't, you know, within a year gotten the role that she wanted, she was going to apply to get an MBA. Mm -hmm. Um, I personally didn't go that route, uh, because I was able to, through pure relationships really um, get different opportunities. I mean, obviously I had to prove myself 100% along the way um, and work my ass off and have no actual personal life, but um, through that you're really able to kind of move your career along.
0: So now you've broken into product management and you, um, tell me more about that experience.
1: Yeah, so now I'm essentially, I don't know, 23, 24, I have about a year of experience under my belt, a whole year, and I'm a product manager telling um, our staff, senior principal engineers who've been in the industry for over 20 years, what to do. Feels great, right? Being like a totally young female doing that. um, A lot of the times I would go into meetings and pitch my ideas or pitch um, what I believed customers wanted for this new product that we were building and they would pretty much say no. They would pretty much tell me actually directly to my face, no, that's actually not what customers want. I've been listening to them for 20 years. Um, So it's like almost the
0: opposite. You were now listening to customers, bringing information to people, but people aren't listening.
1: Yeah, they weren't. They were pretty much telling me I was wrong. Actually, directly telling me I was wrong. Um,
0: Sounds harsh.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There were so many times where I was like, shit, maybe I should have gotten this MBA yeah, there were many times where I was questioning myself and wondering, like, am I actually cut out for this? Am I too early in my career? Maybe I should have gotten an MBA or some other credential to, like, have a stamp on it to say, hey, actually, you know what you're talking about. But what I did instead was... Um, Thanks for I, sharing
0: this, by the way. It's, yeah. I'm just... Yeah. <laughs> it was
1: really... um I, I questioned myself a lot, but I went back to my skill set of engineering, right? I went back to, okay, well, as an engineer, what would I do? I would um, dive into a lot of the data. I would develop the experience. I would bring data to fight my um, beliefs or fight my um, experiences. And you had
0: data, I would think, considering you were talking to customers or is that, was that the plan?
1: Yeah, um, I spent about a week and a half on the road, went to visit a lot of customers and asked them very direct questions and did a lot of observations and recorded how they were using our current products. And through that, I then, um, you know, compiled a full analysis and shared that with the teams. And from there, I started developing more of a trust with them. So then they started trusting that what I was saying was, data-driven was not just what I thought, but really had a lot of um, experience backing it. Mm-hmm. So then they started, you know, slowly believing and trusting me.
0: And kind of going back to what you said, you said young, female, and then, I mean, are there different components of this? Is it the inexperience? Is it the female part? Like, does this all play in, into You can people?
1: add Indian to that, too. Add Indian to
0: the- <laughs> Um so there's all this there's like all these things also at
1: play. Yeah, completely. I mean the medical device industry is notorious for being slow and um slow to adopt um new technologies. I mean if I was in tech and in San Francisco, I think I would have a lot more tailwinds. Uh but being in medical device and um, you know, being young Indian female um had a lot of headwinds. So a lot of it was winning people over, a lot of it was probably gathering a lot more data than what my male counterparts would have to do.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, so you're a product manager uh, now, and what's sort of the long-term game plan with this career?
1: What's my career goal and life <laughs> goal? Um, I definitely, I don't know the amount of years to get to there, but eventually I'd like to be the general manager or CEO of a medical device company. Um and I think that I'm heading in that direction by having various experiences. So I've really been collecting experiences as I grow in my career. So engineering, product management, sales, therapy development, clinical, um, developing those experiences, but then also keeping my focus on um mentoring and developing and motivating women um, in this space. So I'm part of various organizations for nonprofit. Um, that help connect women and give them the confidence to really aim high and believe in themselves and really like push the envelope. And
0: I'm, I guess I think about general manager. I think about like somebody who has the responsibility of the P and L, profit and loss statement. Um, and I guess you've blurred the lines between sales and product management sometimes. So. Um, what about this supporting you said mentoring is and where did this where does that come from like why do you think that's become a driver in your life
1: I feel like it's always been a driver I mean I was a biomedical engineer, right? It's a field of engineering where you don't have too many women. Um, and I didn't really have very many female mentors, but I sought them out. Um, there was a really, really good mentor in my biomedical engineering group. Um, this professor who was the head of the department for a while and she created various, um, networks as well as organizations for women in the field to, push themselves. Um, So I was part of Society of Women Engineers and have continued to be part of that from a professional network perspective too. So now um, having moved to San Francisco, I'm the you know audit chair for our division in the Golden Gate section.
0: Oh wow, so then now I'm trying to relate it to my audience. Let's say there are some of them are females. How can they support other females at work or if they're in positions of management or leadership what kinds of things can they do to uh, maybe support the organizations yeah. you're a part of or, or yeah, resources they can get to?
1: Yeah, there's a few organizations that I'm a part of, and I just personally have sought these out because I enjoy meeting people, but then also just learning from their experiences. So as I mentioned before, I like hearing people's life stories. I like understanding like how did they navigate their careers and get to where they're where they are now. Um, so one organization that I'm a part of is the Healthcare Business Women's Association, HBA, which is a and global- And we'll include these
0: links yeah. when I publish this.
1: Yeah. It's a global organization and I just became the, um, SF chapter mentor and mentorship program chair. So I'm really helping figure out what do those group circles look like? How do we connect people to, um, senior director or director level people so that they can learn. Um how to navigate challenging conversations? Like, what types of roles and what types of activities should you be taking if you want to reach a certain level? Um, how do you talk about salary negotiation? How do you actually? say no actually I want 20% more than what I'm being given right now um, and stand your ground because I don't think we're necessarily taught those things and as women we're much more timid and shy and we don't ask for what we want we're like oh I'm so thankful about whatever I'm getting versus um, I mean I know you and I have talked about this a lot where Whenever you're in a salary negotiation, you always ask for twenty five or whatever percent more because you know that that's what you deserve. Shh, shh,
0: can't give <laughs> give me the metrics, but it, you're totally spot on. I yeah. mean, that, that's a known thing, actually. Yeah, that um, so then, what is then? I'm just bringing it back to like an office setting. What are like what are some things people can do uh, like day uh, to day to Uh, So to be part of the organizations. Yeah, I think
1: being part of um, outside of work uh, organizations helps because then you see how other people hold themselves, how Mm. other people um, have conversations. Uh, But then also within the office, I mean, I've had a lot of mentors, thankfully, uh, both male and female, that have been very cognizant of the challenges in the workplace and they've pushed me to push myself. So my old boss really pushed me to challenge myself and put myself out there and ask for more than what I think. Um, and that's not just in terms of money. That's also in terms of roles and that's also in terms of, um, responsibility. So, um, changing the
0: negotiation to not just be about money. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Wow.
0: All right. Um, So I think
1: just seeking out people that you yourself admire, um, developing stronger relationships with them and, asking them to help you. Uh, you'll find that a lot of people, once they've reached a certain part in their careers, yes, they're insanely busy, but they're really willing to give back and um, help each other.
0: Thank you. So uh, I appreciate that resource, and I'll be sure to include that organization's link in the podcast as well. So what about um, startup uh, space and their founders who are female? How does that play? Do that, does that play a role?
1: Yeah, I think, um, to be honest, having moved to San Francisco about a year ago, I've really started assimilating myself more into the startup space and entrepreneurship, but that's also just something I'm passionate about. Um, and recently, I went to this um, seminar uh, held by the HBA, which was... What's po- HBA? Yeah, so HBA was the organization that I mentioned. It's the Healthcare Business Women's Association. It's global nationwide um, really, really encourage people to join it because you have people from pharmaceuticals, uh, legal, finance, every type of uh, background you can think of, and they're very, very open to helping. If you reach out to anybody, they're very open, and we have a really good mentor and mentorship program.
0: We'll include the link in the podcast as well.
1: Yeah, so I went to that program um, and that seminar just being curious. It worked out on a weeknight for me, so I joined and. It was a panel of women focused on women's health and they were all entrepreneurs and they were telling their stories about fundraising and raising capital, because I think this is something that we're noticing more and more um, with if you're pitching a women's health company to a guy, I don't know if they would be able to relate about menopause or about any of the other challenges that women go through. So they really weren't able to relate. And this, um, really successful woman. She, she was pitching to, again, all male investors. And she has a Harvard MBA. She has a Harvard PhD. And she really wasn't getting anywhere. And then she found a male co founder. And that really helped put things into perspective for her because she was able to get a better um, response from those investors, same investors, mm, <laughs> better response. Um, So anyways, I just tell that story because it was eye-opening for me in that, you know, even if you're not getting anywhere, it doesn't mean your idea is bad. It just means that you need to have the right team and the right way of positioning yourself um, as well as your idea to have it resonate with other people. But I think being part of organizations outside of work and a good, solid network uh, can really help.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. So uh, anything else you want to close, with, then... Anything else you want to mention?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, joining SWE, which is the Society of Women Engineers, is really great. Um, HBA is also really great. And if you're super focused on med tech, uh, there's another organization called the Med Tech Women, and that's in Minnesota, San Diego, um, Palo Alto, and you know many other areas. But there's a conference every year, and um, I'm starting to help organize that as well. So joining an organization to... Um, build your network and learn from other people's experiences is a really good way to grow um, and then I'm also always available I'll make myself available to just chat and kind of hear about your experiences and learn from each other
0: I'm excited to uh, find out more about these organizations and I'll be sure to get those links from you about them. Uh, thank you so much for your time
1: For sure, I enjoyed this. Thank you for having me.
0: Hey everyone, thank you for listening. Please hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week